What's up, everybody? We hope that you are feeling alive like Ms. Beats. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Micah Keneally. And we are here in the studio today where we want to welcome you to Young Adults Dot Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And we just want to say hello to our new friend, Pastor Jesse Davis. Hello, Pastor Jesse. So Hi, you guys. Great to be with you today. Yes, we're so happy to have you. And if you don't know, Jesse, she is a preacher, a lover of God's church and the building of God's people. For the last decade, she has worked with the next generation, building ministries, raising leaders, preaching encouragement and power all over the next movement of the church. And in 2010, she launched a young adult ministry called Red Rocks Young Adults with a few friends from Denver, Colorado that today has been serving literally thousands of young adults in their in the Denver metro area and beyond. And if you don't know this, she's also the pastor of Postgrad, and that is Navigating Life After Graduation, and also has a weekly blog called jessiedavis.co, something we all need, navigation in life. <laughs> And she, we all need some. We all need the Lord to help. Absolutely. Us where to go. Yes, and Jesse and her husband John are currently in the process of building something new, if I'm correct, to serve yeah. the next generation of believers. Well, Great. So, Jesse, we just want to say thank you. I know Micah and I both heard you, um, or heard of you, just through following Red Rocks Young Adults Online. Mm -hmm watched a number of your messages together and we I think I sent this to you on Facebook but I felt like God spoke to me that you are anointed as a voice and mouthpiece to this generation and so you're a power preacher so is Micah so I'm just joined here today by two dynamic women power preachers but can you start us off fun and we want to get to know you we want our audience to get to know you will you share about your life your world and your journey in ministry yeah, you bet. So, gosh, that's a big question. So, um, well, I got saved, didn't grow up in church, got saved when I was 18. And uh, right around 20, 21 years old, I, I attended a Christian university because I needed to hear, um, I needed to learn about God, didn't know anything about the Bible, didn't know anything about Jesus, just knew I, I needed him in my life. And so, um, but my junior year, um, the Lord called me very distinctly into ministry. And so after that, um, I knew um, I was going to be a preacher of God's word. I knew, um, I found out later that um, he had given me a gift of, of building things from scratch. Um, and so, yeah, so it has been a ride since then, but I, I've loved building Bible studies and working with women, working with young adults, working with, um, working with honestly any age group. Um, it's just been a blast, but, um, yeah, I definitely feel, so I, I received that Josiah, thank you so much. I received the word because that, um, that is something the Lord's told me is that, um, I'm a lifter of the next generation. And so, um, that's what I feel. I feel very laser focused on. And so love being a part of this podcast. That is awesome. And it sounds like you're very much a pioneer. You have that pioneering spirit, a spirit. It looks like you enjoy a challenge. Okay, Lord, if you said it, you're going to do it. So I'm going to jump on board and I'm all in. So yeah, 100%. Jesse, yeah. Oh, I, I just recently that. learned about um, that 
the gift of apostleship. I didn't know about spiritual gifts. This is a brand new thing for me. Um, but apparently, um, that I have a, that one's through the roof for me. And, um, it probably is for a lot of your listeners. Um, and they don't know it either, but that means that they are built by the Holy spirit to break, break new ground. And, um, so knowing that is a wonderful thing about yourself because then it helps you to step out into the Lord, into what the Lord's actually asking you to do. So that is incredible. It's so fun to discover more of who God is and who he's created everybody to be, whether they're in the church, outside of the church, um, in a pastoral role or in a leadership role. So, Jesse, could you define for us what is Next Generation Ministry and who makes up the next gen? Yeah, I mean, I think for I think when you, you say next gen, you can definitely say it is the, you know, 20-somethings and younger is the next generation of leaders that we're trying to lift up. But really, the whole point of probably any leader should be to raise up the next generation of people uh, in leading them to Christ and then helping them to figure out how to lead other people to Christ. And that is something that, that is a job that kind of continues until the day we die. And so... Um, There are kids that are two years old right now that will eventually be leading our churches. They're going to be leading our governments, et cetera. And so the job is continuous. Um, In my opinion, raising the next generation, though, is is a it's a great privilege um, from from Christ. Yeah. So. Yeah, we agree. And we share your passion for pioneering for the next generation, for believing that God has great things in store for our world through young people. And so, Jesse, in your travels, in your experience leading young adults, what are some of the general generational trends that you are seeing among students and young adults in our world? Yeah, I mean, the, these are like great question, uh, great questions. I think the next generation has um, some amazing, amazing attributes, and then I would say a couple of Achilles heels that are pretty, pretty intense. So the 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 wonderful thing about this next generation is that they are highly altruistic, meaning that they love to volunteer. They give. They statistically, and this is um, data that I've gathered from from smart people, they give more and they volunteer more than other generations do. Mm-hmm. Um, they give more of their time. They actually give more of their money. They care less about the money that they're making and care more about the impact that they're making in the world around them. They disdain racism. They have a distaste for sexism and misogyny. They have a longing for justice. All of these things are are beautiful um, and God-given, really. Um, I would say the thing about that I see in 20-somethings that causes me concern um, would be kind of that they're very affected by culture and that they don't have a concept of what it is um, to have a Christ-like or a Christian worldview. So when I say that, what I mean is that they kind of have a very blurred idea um, uh, between what culture is telling them and then what it is to have a worldview that is from Christ. So, um, for example, uh, they kind of have... There, there's a there's a word in psychology called zeitgeist, okay, mm-hmm. and it means a feeling or a vibration of the times. Well, the cultural zeitgeist right now are very strong and very loud, and so I think the next generation has a hard time um, where they blur that in with. Uh, what Christ says, what the Bible says, etc. So there's a blurring of cultural uh, tolerance um, with biblical holiness. I think that's one of them. Um, there's a denial of absolute truth. Um, what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me, which actually in and of itself is not a true statement. <laughs> it's right. just funny, right? <laughs> and so, um, so uh, you know, sexuality, I think, is a big one. Um, 
that, uh, you know, is kind of being downgraded to a cultural view of sexual sexuality as opposed to our creator's view of sexual intimacy of um sexual partnership and so um there are some amazing things about this generation but there are definitely some things that as leaders of this next generation you're going to have to actually confront head on uh is is at least my opinion so absolutely that's so good and we know that anything that happens in the culture hits the U.S. from coast to coast, right? There's always ripple effects. And as we're experiencing those blurred lines from coast to coast, and obviously you have a pioneering spirit, and a pioneering spirit obviously is a new endeavor for the next generation. You have done many things from scratch, like God has burdened your heart to start new things. And with that kind of um, mentality, can you describe what it is like when you are in the forefront of launching a new young adult ministry and things that you've come up against? Sure, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we started, like you said, it was um, almost a decade ago. And I think one of my favorite things to do, probably a lot of people listening, is, is to build build with the Lord. And um, so we launched Young Adults in, in 2010, and it started out as a small group that um, – just got really big and then they wanted they wanted so I wasn't even a part of it at the time it was about 20 people and they wanted to start having little services well they would have these services and they had a a volunteer leadership crew and whatever and I was asked as a staff member to step step in and aid them and so we started off with probably a small group of volunteers maybe I don't know, maybe five or six volunteer leaders, and they've led the whole thing. And we just started meeting maybe twice a month initially, and we had um, some volunteer worship teams. We had every every everything. I mean, even I, what I was doing was, was volunteering. It wasn't my full-time job. Um, so I didn't get paid, so I did it on my nights and my weekends. And um, we built it from the ground up, from I think, from scratch. The things that um, I think for young adults, when people are like, well, what works? Um, this is my opinion. There's a lot of things that work. But I think for um, young adults, I think they love being together. They can listen to Steve Furtick anytime. They can listen to um, Craig Rochelle anytime. So if you're an amazing preacher, cool. If you're not, it doesn't matter. That's at least my opinion. Um, because they really want to be with each other, okay? Because they can have access to these amazing sermons anytime they want. What they really need is community. And so we spent a ton of time on college campuses trying to recruit people. We did dances. We did bowling, retreats, events, dodgeball events, costume parties. We did this thing called It's Getting Kind of Dodgy, and it was a costumed dodgeball tournament. And it was yeah. It was super fun. Uh, We did Cinco de Mayo parties. We did Broncos parties, which go Broncos um, if you're from Denver, it matters. And so so early in ministry, I read that this generation is – more affected by the faith of their peers that's the most influential Mm -hmm. piece and so not a good sermon not lights not some flashy uh service they are most affected by the faith and the influence of their peers when i read that i said okay this generation um doesn't know god this generation is also the most spiritually open generation of all time okay the, the the harvest is white in the fields and so i thought if i could just get these people some friends you know, and so that was kind of what I set out to do. And we had really, really great small groups. We worked really hard on our small groups and our small group leaders. 
And, um, you know, people, people always ask, they're like, well, what do you think, what do you think was it? What was the, you know, amazing clicking point or whatever? Um, or why do you think it was successful? And the thing I, I don't really know, know <laughs> the answer to that, but to two things I know about those beginning stages is that, um, I listen to the Holy Spirit a lot. We listen to the Holy Spirit a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a really deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the second thing is that we just kind of didn't give up. And, um, I would tell people all the time, you know, just don't give up. And they would be like, right. But they would think there was more to it. And I didn't know how to tell them. Like, I don't know much. I'm not super smart. So this is the only thing I did. Okay. So I just didn't give up. I just didn't quit. So, um, I think that's a big thing. You know, the, um, there really will be a harvest if you don't quit. That's what scripture promises us. So. Yes, I think that's just a beautiful picture that you depict of providing an opportunity for young adults to come together and experience community. That's the number one thing that we even see in ministry, the number one question outside of how do I share my faith everywhere I go. Outside of that, it's how do I make friends? And Mm -hmm. we can create um, as leaders those opportunities and those on-ramps or off-ramps as we invite people in or bless and send God's going to keep bringing those people. So when you cast a vision of don't give up, <laughs> I, think, I think that's so true. You look eager. What do you oh, have to say? I was just going to say what you just shared, Jesse, is phenomenal to stick with the Holy Spirit and to stick with it. And I look at what, what God used you to do was pioneer young adult ministry mm-hmm. in Colorado. God used Micah to pioneer uh, young adult ministry in Minnesota. God did the same thing here in uh, North, Dakota. North Dakota. Mike is from North Dakota. I'm in Minnesota, and then now we're together doing a college ministry in Minnesota. And listeners all over are going to be wanting to start and launch and lead, you know, create and then take to the next mm-hmm. level these young adult ministries. And so yeah. we're so thankful for your time and that you're just willing yeah. to download insight and also believe in the next gen. So good. And one more thought on that. You know, this this generation is so starved for that human interaction. I mean, you guys know this. Everybody everybody listening knows this. But, you know, uh, it's the most lonely generation of all time. It's the most anxiety-filled generation of all time. They really need a space to connect with their peers. Um, It's something that was provided for them all the way up until college. And now... It's, you know, the moment you graduate from college, it's like an off-ramp into nothing. <laughs> and so, so you know, you need, you, you need to provide that space for them where they can learn about God with other people that are going to care for them well and also love Jesus. And so if you do that, that's, oh, man, that's 80% of the battle. I think it's just such a gift. So That's so true. And I love that you had said, well, unfortunately, you have had to say that they're so influenced by each other. And peers are almost raising peers. And that's yeah. where I think that we as leaders get to be parents, spiritual parents, great-grandparents, both male and female leaders doing the same. And obviously, um, you're female and a high capacity in leadership. Um, Jesse, what would you say, um, what is it like to be a female in ministry leading at the capacity of which you're called? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, so it's a, uh, it's definitely. I, I mean, I, I, I love my life. I love our family life, and so we have had a very, very blessed life. Uh, I've loved doing a lot of things um, all at the, all at the same time. I guess the 
the things that I would say that I've been blessed with is that I've been blessed with a husband who um, has really kind of paved a way for me so that I don't have to fight as many battles. And so John has been in my corner since the very first day. Um, he's not intimidated by me. He's not intimidated by my leadership. Um, and if anything, he's, he's, he's one person that I've met that when I push him, is back, which I find attractive, and so then I'm like, okay, we can do this together, you know. And so um, he he's a he's a pastor to me, and and uh, but also gives me a lane to to run in. And so, um, and who you marry matters um, matters a lot. Yes. People will tell you that, but it's not just because you love them; it's because they're actually your partner for the rest of your life as as your partner in crime, you know. Um, but then the other thing is that I would say for girls is I say, you know, family does matter. Uh, we have two little girls and we want, we want a few more kids. And, uh, you know, I want to be famous to my children. I want to be famous at home. Yeah. And John and I, John and I really have like a, a sanctuary in our house. And I think that that gives me the fuel to, and when uh, we are in ministry, um, I know that the home is taken care of. And if you read the epistles, you know that this, this is the directive that's actually given to leaders. It's, it's you take care of your home first. If you can't take care of your home, you certainly shouldn't be taking care of anybody else's home. Okay. Right. And so um, my dad, you know, kind of raised me though, as far as a girl is, you know, being a girl, he just always, ra- my parents raised me to, I just never really saw a difference between what a guy could do and what a girl could do. That was kind of how my dad spoke to me. It was how he raised me and my, my mom too. And so, and they're amazing parents, um, still married to this day and just incredible. And so um, I honor the difference. Obviously, God has created males and females differently, um, but different doesn't mean devalued. And mm-hmm. so, Good. so man, I, I, just, um, I just love being a female in ministry. I will say that... Um, you know, I think girls probably encounter, as a female, you might encounter some things that maybe our brothers don't encounter, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's okay. Um, and the reason I think it's okay is because God promises that for, you know, kind of the the, the amount of turmoil that you experience, there is a reward for that. And so um, I won't go into detail about the things that I've run up against, but I would say that I've walked probably some roads that maybe my male counterparts haven't, um, and that that's okay. You know that I do think that there's a day that's coming that's going to be um, a little bit different for females in, in ministry. And so, Micah, for you and for me, you know, for um, my little girls, I do think that it's a different world even than it was 30 years ago. I bless people like Joyce Myers and Chris right. Kane, um, who even you know 15 years ago it was a lot harder for them. And so, um, yeah, if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, you. You, you, if you're if you're being obedient, that's what that's what matters. Um, that's that's all. So, that's so good, so good Jesse. And you know, I think that we talked a second ago about starting a ministry. In fact, some listeners are going to want to go back and listen to the list of fun things that you did to create experiments in community. I think that's so good. And so yes. I think there's, there's two groups of people. One are people launching, they're just starting a ministry. The other group is people who want to strengthen an existing ministry. And you're a lifter, you're a builder from scratch, but you have experience leading things from here to there um, or from there to here. And so talk a little bit, if you will, about strengthening a ministry. Those, who have, those of us who've started something and we want to push past plateaus in ministry. Yeah, you got it. 
Yeah, I think plateaus are so hard. I mean, don't they make you kind of want to give up? <laughs> they really <laughs> do. Um, I think about those seasons. Number one, this is the first part, is that sometimes you actually are meant to slow down. Um, there are seasons, I think, that are more about the insides than they are about the outsides. So it's more about our inner growth, whether that's us as spiritual leaders, it's us as, as spouses, whatever. Um, and God wants to do work on the inside before he can work on the outside. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that I'm learning th- in this last season. I've learned more. I think that it's important. I think I'm someone that likes to run all the time. I like to run, 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 go, 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 go. And God has just shown me that not every season is supposed to be that way. Um, so listen to the Holy Spirit. If he's telling you to slow down, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to pave into a new road very, very soon. Mm-hmm. You you have to listen to him. It's not up to you. It's not your kingdom. It's not your church. It's not your ministry. Um, and so if he's saying he's going to do it, then he's going to do it. So that's the part, first part is just being really keyed in. Um uh, about what your plateau is about because your plateau might be about you going deeper so that you can go yeah. further. Yeah. Um, but the second thing is that um, so there's a book out there, one of my favorite books, um, it's called Good to Great. It's by Jim Collins. He's an amazing researcher. Lots of people have read him. Um, if you haven't, pick it up. By far, it's crazy. This book is about businesses in the marketplace, but it applies to people in ministry more than you know. And one of the principles is called the flywheel. And this is, um, if you picture a huge, heavy flywheel, it's a massive, like, metal disc that's mounted horizontally on an axle. It's about 30 feet in diameter. It's two feet thick. It weighs 5,000 pounds. Okay, now your (laughs) job is to get that thing rotating as quickly as possible so you picture you maybe you maybe start to push it and as you push you know you're pushing for maybe two minutes and you get that thing two inches you're pushing for 20 minutes and you get it all the way around you push it for another 20 minutes and you get it all the way around you push it for another 20 minutes and you get it all the way around well a flywheel over time with enough inertia and enough momentum, if you can just keep pushing it, keep adding the same amount of pressure to it again and again and again and again, eventually that sucker begins to kind of have its own momentum and flow on its own. And that principle, I think, is true in the kingdom. Um, I I saw a season in ministry, it was 2015, 2016, and something honestly miraculous happened in our ministry where it just exploded. And I don't have people say, well, what did you do? And my answer was, I didn't do any, we didn't do anything different. We just kept pushing in the same direction with the same kind of inertia, if you would. And eventually something bloomed that took on its own momentum. And it was, it was honestly watching like, a tidal wave from the Holy Spirit. Um, one of the best things I've ever been a part of. I know that I'll get to be a part of it again. Uh, but I would just say to take heart, you know, um, in those plateaus, um, take care of yourself, read emotionally healthy spirituality, take care of your family. Um, make sure that, uh, that your walk with Christ is one that's honest. Mm -hmm. And if you work out what's on the inside, he, he really will take care of the rest. Um, 
we're the kids in this scenario. He's the dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the heavy lifter. So, um, but yeah, great question. Yeah, plateaus, man. Plateaus. They can mess with your head, but they're, they're important. They can. And the fun thing is to recognize that we are not cookie cutter children. God has not created us. You know, yes, he's created us, but he didn't create us all to be exactly the same. And that's one thing to recognize, even in ministry, what works for you, Jesse, may not work for us. Right. Whether right. it's just the size of our group, the <clears throat> excuse me, the city that we live in, yep. the culture, the people, that's whatever. Right. We need that's to right. recognize that we don't need to compare. We don't need to look that my right. cookie my cookie cutout does not look exactly like yours. And if it doesn't, I'm a failure. I'm not doing something right. But really praying into um, that plateau, if you're feeling that pressure, or what you had said, maybe it's an inside thing um, that needs to go deep so we can go further. And I know because we're not cookie cutter, but I just want to kind of get your insight. What are some of the key insights that you have for college and young adult ministry leaders to help people navigate life after graduation? I know you kind of wrote something about that, so if you have any insight to share, we'd love to hear. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are so great. I mean, yeah, kind of what I said already. I really think, uh, you know, that that community piece is is super vital. It's kind of like um, if you were an EMT and the thing that you needed to get into their veins immediately, that's it. If you can get them that, you start there. And then um, after that, you can start doing some spiritual supplements. And I know I know that that might seem uh, like backwards, but. After that, you need to convince them that the Bible matters. This generation doesn't think maybe that the Bible matters or doesn't apply as much anymore to them. Um, So get them into a space where, uh, and then get them to a place where they are spiritually eating on their own. Um, I always viewed my job as to get a young adult into a sphere where they didn't need the ministry anymore, where they could be a spiritually functioning adult, um, engage in their local church, and do it in a way that matters, where they're impacting their sphere of influence for Christ. And so... um, marry the right person man you could you could do a series every six months Mm -hmm. (laughs) on relationships and it still matters (laughs) um talk to them about money um really talk to them just if if you have a heart and listen to the lord like you said it's not cookie cutter you know i have a friend who is in louisiana and he spends boatloads of time on discipleship which isn't my spiritual gift but listen he is killing it in new orleans and it's still important that you listen to the way God geared you um, for how you serve that generation. Um, lead out of your strength. Always lead out of your strength. Good. Good. I love it. So we're coming up on our final thoughts, oh, Jesse. And so... Warm up. Stretching out. Stretching out. <laughs> yes. One of the things that makes this podcast fun and unique is we take the last five minutes and rapid fire ask you five questions just to pick your brain. They should be fun. They're going to be fast. But here we go. You ready? I'm so ready. I'm okay. so ready. We're bringing it. What is your favorite you uh, what is your favorite event that you've ever done and why? Yeah, um hands down it's the meetup. So we did this kind of like outdoor Coachella event and had food trucks and vendors and all these different kind of things. And then we would tell people to invite people that didn't know Jesus. And so we tried to present the gospel with music and video and artistic different pieces and then we did an altar call at the end of the night and it had huge success it was just a really blessed event so the meetup i'm talking with you for a half hour here and i'm getting inspired in my veins because the sky's the limit there is unlimited creativity 
So thank you for that. Yeah, you got it. Okay, I'll take the next question too. I once saw a video online and I had so much fun. I had just watched The Greatest Showman. I cried in that movie. I I don't cry in movies and I (laughs) cried my whole way through that movie. (laughs) But I watched this video and it was for the Red Conference uh-huh. And it was the greatest show or the greatest conference. Tell us about that creative, well-produced, and hilarious, fun video. Okay, well, I have to give it up for the people that I worked with. I worked with a girl named uh, Charlotte Soriano. She's our, she was our creative director. There was a guy named Jake Espy. He is a part of Red Rocks Worship, an amazing producer. And then I have two friends, uh, Doug Weckman and Connor Grimm, and they like they love to rewrite songs. And so we sat down and rewrote a song. We rewrote uh, This Is The Greatest Show or The Greatest Show and made it This Is The Red Conference. And <laughs> it was ridiculous. But we had so much fun. That stuff, <laughs> dude, I would do that stuff for a full-time job. If someone would pay me, I would, that's, it's fine. I, I would love, love to do that. I Someone's that. going to. You're going to need to check your email tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> The full entire. All right. What is your favorite story of life change? Uh, There's so many, but the one that I thought of that was important, we had a kid come to Red Conference our very first year. He was invited by a friend. His name's Boomer, and he got saved that year, and this kid is just so deeply talented. (laughs) So the moment the Lord grafted him into his family, the, uh, the amount of influence that Boomer has had on the way that young adults, the young adult ministry produced, it's music, uh, he's a music producer, he's a, he's a creative genius, and so for a lot of our events, for our conferences and stuff like that, it, it was just crazy because he got saved through an event like that, but then he took our events into a new sphere of creativity, and so um, I love you, Boomer, if you are listening, and just proud of your life, dude, so... So, Jesse, we've talked a lot about success, and success can be a friend, but sometimes an unexpected friend can be failure. And um, will you let us in on your life to tell us an epic failure that you experienced in ministry? Oh, guys, there were so many, but I will tell you one that was like perfect. It was so bad. All right, so in my mind, I have this vision. It's our first year of a ghetto dance party, like this kind of, you know, where we all dress up in in whatever kind of clothes we think are funny, and um, everybody comes, and we it's just a dance party. This was my thought. We were going to have a a dance party, um, so we, like, you know, made a dance floor. We spent, we only had, we didn't have any budget, you know what I mean? We had, like, 200 bucks a month, so we spent our entire budget on this dance party. I told the I told the DJ I said, "Look, you cannot play any crazy uh, you know, you cannot play cr- any crazy music." And he gave me a thumbs up. Um, and so we get into the dance probably I think 200 people are going to show up. We have like tw- 12 maybe oh, people no. show up. And it's mostly leaders, you know what I mean? And uh and then our DJ starts playing like this I mean, just terrible music and stuff that makes your grandma's ears bleed. And I think it was shortly after that, a girl blew out her, blew out her knee on the dance floor. And so the ambulance came. I mean, it was like literally one of those things where you were like, I don't know if God, maybe I heard God wrong. (laughs) I didn't know we had to sign waivers to dance. (laughs) And so, um, thought it was going to be a great event. It was not a great event, but you know, that's all right. It's a funny memory now. Super funny. Oh, my gosh. We all have those moments. And that's what we tell the listeners is 
If you haven't had those moments in ministry yet, you're probably going to have them down the road. So we're That's coming right. up, right? So we got to be humble our hearts, have a thick skin, and just pray to God that he shows up and we heard right. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's right. And don't sweat it. Like, it's just not a big deal. Like, right. it's okay. Absolutely. Then you're going to share fun things like this. But, Jesse, okay. we have this very last question. And if you could tell a group of college pastors and young adult ministry leaders one thing, what would you leave them with? Yeah, so I think that what's happening in the American church right now, there's a shift happening. And if you can't smell it, you're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. um, and in my opinion, it is pertinent that we rely on the Holy Spirit and you ask for the Holy Spirit. Um, I do think like a certain type of revival is coming. And so if you are able to get yourself into a position where you rely on the Lord more than you ever had, and you go deeper with God more than you ever had, um, I really think that we're only going to be able to navigate what's coming if, if we can hear him. Um, you know, I think gone are the days where the attractional model of churches um, is just a powerhouse. It's still working. It's just not as much of a powerhouse. And so the Lord's wanting us to return to him for our tools. And so, man, just just get close. He's such a good God. He wants to guide you. That's it. That would be my thought to you guys. That's fantastic. Amen. Well, Jesse, we just have to say thank you so much. What a great conversation today. Thank you for joining us and taking yeah, time. Thanks for having me. Thank Absolutely. you. Yes. You can find out more about Jessie Davis, her ministry, her post-grad book, and more when you connect with us on our website at youngadults.today. So until next time, this is Mike and Josiah with Jessie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time. Thank you so much, guys. I'm all wired up right now. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.